Get Back to Basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. A very good afternoon to you and welcome. Great to be in your company this afternoon. It's just gone 10 past 2 on Wednesday and that means it's time for Judaism 101.9. And we're going to be, of course, discussing the upcoming few days of Rosh Chodesh and our access to and our involvement in the month that lies ahead, the month of Elul. So yes, tonight, tomorrow, tomorrow night and the next day, Thursday and Friday of this week are combined to be Rosh Chodesh. We've explained before that when there are two days of Rosh Chodesh, of the beginning of the new month, actually the first of those two days is the 30th day of the preceding month and the first the, the second day of Rosh Chodesh is the first day of the new month. Um, it does sound a little bit peculiar if you're hearing that for the first time, but the calendar is divided up into months that have 29 days and months that have 30 days in the Jewish calendar. When a month has 29 days, the following month only has one day of Rosh Chodesh. When it has 30 days, there are two days. One is the 30th of the preceding month, and number two is the first of the coming month. Being that it's Rosh Chodesh Elul tonight and tomorrow, tomorrow night and the next day, we are really into the, let's call it the business end of this year. We are really looking at one month left until Rosh Hashanah. Believe it or not, yes, there is one month left in this year, five, seven, eight, three. And in one month from now, it'll be Rosh Hashanah and we'll change to five, seven, eight, four the brand new year that awaits us come Rosh Hashanah in one month's time. But that means that this month of Elul is a very significant and a very important month in our lives. It comes around, of course, once a year, and as it does, it brings with it several changes in our daily practice, as well as the fact that we are into a completely different mode of thinking, into a completely different headspace as we go headlong towards the head of the year, towards Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, Shemini Atzeres, Simchas Torah. Yeah, we're talking those things. We're almost there. And it means that um, we are really into some big, beautiful, wonderful stuff that we have lined up for ourselves in the remainder of this year and in looking forward to the new year come Rosh Hashanah. So what is the month of Elul actually all about? And uh, perhaps as we discuss that today, let's think about the coming Rosh Chodesh because there are a couple of changes that are made to our daily practice with the advent of the month. And they will start from Rosh Chodesh, from the beginning of the month. First of all, we add an extra psalm. An extra psalm is added every day. Most people say uh, the extra psalm um, every morning, and there are some who then say it at Mincha time, at the afternoon service, and some as well um, in Myriv. So some say morning and evening, some say morning and afternoon. And it is psalm number 27, Le David Hashem Ori Yeshi. This psalm is introduced into our davening, into our prayers, usually said at the end of the davening, at the end of our morning, afternoon, or evening services. And it is this psalm that uh, we kind of um, 
dominant, dominantly think about um, in the month of Elul, and we say it, of course, all the way through until the end of the Yamim Noraim, until Hoshana Rabbah, just before Shmini Atzeret, right at the end of all the Chagim, in about a month and two-thirds time, or three-quarters time, uh, when we come to the end of all the Chagim, when we come to the end of all the festivals, that psalm carries us all the way through. It is kind of the backdrop. It is the significant um, uh, common link between all these days for the next 60, 70 uh, days that we have lying ahead of us. So, Ladavid Hashem Orivi Yishi, Psalm 27, added into our davening. That is point number one. Point number two, that happens already on Rosh Chodesh, but this only starts on the first day of Elul, which will be on Friday, is we begin sounding the shofar. The sounds of the shofar will be ringing out of shuls nearby you or homes nearby you, starting from Friday and blown as well after the morning service. Remember, we only sound the shofar during daytime hours and uh, only during the month of Elul, with the exception of the very last day of Elul, when we do not sound the shofar, just before Rosh Hashanah. And then, of course, it's sounded on Rosh Hashanah, being that Rosh Hashanah this year is a Shabbos and a Sunday, so it's only sounded on the one day, on the day of the Sunday of Rosh Hashanah. And then again, we sound it at the end of Yom Kippur, uh, the sound that a lot of people look forward to, um, thinking about the fact that the fast is over, etc., etc., etc. But the sound of the shofar is something so significant as well. Not only is it a backdrop, but it's a really the mainstay of this time, the cry from the heart, the significant link with every part of Jewish history. If we think about it, it goes all the way back, of course, to the time of the animal being caught in the bushes at the time that um, Avram Avinu Abram was showing that tremendous Mesirat Nefesh, that um, complete and absolute dedication that he, both he and his son Yitzchok showed as they ascended the mountain and were going to what is known as the Akedah, Akedah Yitzchak, that moment in time when literally the whole world stood still. But the one thing was that shofar, that uh, ram's horn that caught the animal in the thicket, and it became representative from then on, of course, of our Mesirat Nefesh, of our ability to give up on anything that is personal, anything that is all about us, um, very, very humbling experience that that all represents. And it's this cry from the shofar that uh, literally carries us through these next weeks and then the next couple of months all the way to the end of Tishrei, to the end of the month in which all the Chagim, all these festivals, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkah, Shemini Atzeret, Simchas all occur. The sound of the shofar is kind of the real uh, link, the real um, spiritual uh, hook that uh, carries us through this significant and special time. So what is the month of Elul really all about? I'd like to go through with you today three main dimensions of this month. And in fact, this is mentioned clearly in our code of Jewish law, where we are told that the month of Elul, I think it's the month about which there is the most written, actually, um, about the actual month and its name. You may not know and you may not remember what each month actually stands for when it talks about the name. We've got to remember that in the Torah itself, 
the months were numbered rather than named. So we have the first month, the second month, the third month, and so on. Um, we are talking about Elul being, therefore, the sixth month. Tishrei starts the seventh month in the way the months are numbered going from uh, Pesach, which is in Nisan. Um, however, in Babylonian times, beautiful names were added to the months. And this one was designed to be called Elul. And we're told in the writings of our great sages that Elul stands for several very, very significant things, very significant psukim, verses in Torah, that tell us about our modus operandi, our stand during this time, what we really have to think about, what we really have to do, and um, what we've got to be focused on during this month. Three different dimensions. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. Hi and welcome back. We're talking about the month of Elul, which is just about upon us. In fact, already this afternoon we did not say Tachanun. No penitential prayers are said in Mincha this afternoon. We're already into the throes of Rosh Chodesh tonight and tomorrow, tomorrow night and the next day. Rosh Chodesh, Rosh Chodesh, Elul. Now, sages tell us that the month of Elul stands for a number of different things. We're going to focus on just three of those, although there are more that our sages tell us about. Um, however, um, time doesn't really allow, and I would like to bring out three major points that all of these statements that we're told that the month of Elul stands for actually speak of a different stance, a different um, attitude, a different way, and a different um, focus that we were supposed to have during this month. So let's begin with the most famous, the well-known statement, Ani ledodi vedodi li. I am to my beloved, and my beloved is to me. Famous statement coming from Shira Shirim, a quote from King Solomon, this beautiful statement, I am to my beloved, and my beloved is to me. Now we know that when we have a uh, beautiful um, um, story that is told by uh, Shlomo Melech by King uh, Solomon when he wrote the Shira Shirim. It is all about this incredible, passionate love poem. And of course, it is not only about um, the description of a love between two individuals, but rather, of course, it is all a metaphor for our love and our relationship with God Almighty, the Jewish people. And God in this love um, relationship. And Anila Dodi Dodi Li, therefore, is I am to my beloved and my beloved is to me. While it has become possibly one of the most favorite uh, verses for people to give as a sign of love engraved in a, in a ring or on a necklace and so on. Um, and... Uh, you see it all over um, in the curio shops and in the silver distributors of Israel. Anila Dodiva Dodili. It really means, I am to my beloved as my beloved is to me, about our relationship with God Almighty. I am to God as God is to me. Now, there are a few things to notice here. Number one is it all begins with Ani, I. Number two is that we're talking about a reciprocal relationship. We think about, during this month, of course, and part of our focus needs to be, that look at all the wonderful things that Hashem provides us. Um, our body, our ability to see and hear and speak, 
our uh, incredible faculties of mind, the incredible things of creation, the beautiful world around us, the incredible air to breathe and the water to drink and the uh, plants and the flowers and the food to eat and all the incredible things that are in this world that Hashem has provided for us and continues to do for us on a regular basis. Nothing would exist were it not for the fact that God Almighty is continually enlivening and enthusing with life all of those things and all of those facets of the world in which we live. And so when we think about God's provision, we could think that, uh, well, this is just all a one-way street. We can sit back and do nothing. But no, says Torah. Judaism says each and every one of us plays an essential role. There is something essential that we all have to do, not just part of the time, but all of the time. There is a way of behavior. There are things that we need to do in order to recognize, in order to access God and godliness. There are things that we need to do in order to keep up with our mitzvah tally, um, our daily mitzvot, and then our weekday, uh, week-by-week mitzvot, and then our month-by-month mitzvot, and then the things that have to come around and are done only once a year, and then all the things that we are supposed to do and that God wants us to do in order to remain loyal, committed, and involved in this relationship. And uh, it sounds a little bit cheeky and a little bit naive to think that um, everything can and should and will just be provided without us making any effort whatsoever. Yes, God is like that, benevolent. God is kind. God shows mercy. God is forgiving. But there surely has to be and there needs to be a whole lot of things that we as each individual and each and every one of us and then collectively as a community do from our side. So Anila Dodi Vidodi Li, we understand that this is a two-way street, this is a reciprocal relationship. We could drill it down and take it to a much simpler kind of a level, I guess. And that is if we think about um, our interaction with God, we could perhaps compare it to a phone call with a parent. We're calling a parent. Let's say um, you're overseas, you're um, studying overseas, or you're living overseas, as many kids are doing today, and um, they then have the call home. Now, really, the purpose for the call may be that um, the credit card isn't working anymore or the cash has dried up or whatever. That may be the ultimate purpose of the call. However, the conversation would not go, hi, dad, or hi, mom, send money. Um, I I chuckle to think that it may in some circles uh, the way that uh, some people unfortunately are given to talking to parents and parents to children these days Um, however, a little bit too cynical um, it is obvious that the child will call up and ask dad or mom how are you doing, how are you, I love you what's happening in your life, what's been happening with the family, tell me about it, I want to tell you about what's going on in my environment and with me and so on. And then somewhere along the way, the point will be slipped in about money, hoping, of course, that the parent asks, by the way, is the credit card maxed out or is there an ability for uh, me to send you some more or whatever, um, hoping that it comes in that way. Well, our relationship with God needs to be thought of, I guess, um, while this sounds oversimplistic, but it needs to be thought of in this kind of a realm as well. It's not just about knocking on God's door, literally, when we need something. It's not about praying to God when it comes to the time that we're in need, whether it be 
a time of somebody, God forbid, not being well or a time of um, needing some special intervention in a business deal or a special bracha on a particular day. This is something we've got to do all the time. This is something that God wants us to keep up our relationship, you know, in a, any relationship, whether it's between a parent and a child or whether it's between two individuals who love each other. Um, it's a two-way street. It can't be a one-sided relationship. And so too says King Solomon, Anila dodi vedodili. This is Aleph Lamed Vav Lamed. This is what Elul stands for. It's about us looking at ourselves and thinking about how we can do more regarding our relationship with God Almighty. What am I doing as a senior partner, as a partner in this relationship with God, as someone who has an equal share in this world? We carry with us a, a part of God within ourselves, which is our neshama, our soul. And what am I doing to make that relationship Strong to make it better, to improve upon it, to see to it that we are communicating well. All of this is part of the Anila Dodi Vadodili. I am to my beloved as my beloved is to me. What am I doing about my relationship and what am I doing about my relationship with God Almighty? Is it a one way street or is it something that I can see? Um has an up and a down, it has a um a right and a left, it has an input and an output, and this is something that we have to focus on during this month. So this is one of the things that Elul stands for. In the month of Elul, Anila Dodi Vdodili. What am I doing and how much can I do to improve my relationship with God Almighty? There are a few suggestions I'd like to make, and that is if you are praying every day, well, how about just improving on your prayers a little bit. Know a little bit more about what you're saying. We all get caught on the treadmill of regular prayer in that we, so to speak, knock it off. We um, do it as quickly as possible in order to be able to get to our next appointment, get to take the kids to school, whatever the case may be. Spend a little more time. Get up five minutes earlier. Put on your tefillin a little bit earlier. If you're a guy, spend a little bit more time saying, Tehillim, saying your psalms, connecting with them, knowing what they're about. If um, you are not a, an individual who does that every day, well, how about spending a few minutes every day connecting with God Almighty, putting on tefillin, if you don't yet say the first paragraph of the Shema, with the tefillin on just to be able to uh, complete the mitzvah and make sure that the mitzvah of tefillin is done correctly and properly. Um, brush up on all the things that we need to do in our interrelationship with ourselves and God Almighty. See to it that our mezuzot are up and that they are on the right places in our home. See to it that we have kashrut in the house. See to it that we are keeping uh, as much as we possibly can about Shabbat and Yom Tov, the Chagim, seeing to it that we are attending shul as often as possible. Yes, a reminder about the fact that COVID is over. Um, it is a time for people to reemerge, reappear and be back in shul if you haven't done so already. There are so many people who are going and enjoying it and, in, and having a wonderful time and uh, don't uh, continue being isolated or being isolationist, uh, rather get involved and be involved in your community and your shul. Um, these are some of the ways that we can reconnect with God, that we can reconnect with um, the stanza, the statement of Anila Dodi Vadodi Li. Let's do what we need to do 
in order come to come to Rosh Hashanah and have the um, not audacity, but rather the ability to stand and say, God, we have done whatever we can for our relationship. Now, please respond in kind. Give us a wonderful, beautiful, fantastic new year. Our sages go on and they tell us that there is a second statement that is made about the month of Elul, or they couple it with another verse in Torah, and that is something taken from the Chumash itself, where in speaking about the concept of cities of refuge, where people were able to go if they'd inadvertently done something terrible, but they had done it by accident, they were enabled to go, they were entitled to go, and they were needed They needed to go to a place called a city of refuge. That city of refuge was a place of protection, but it also was a place of rehabilitation. It was an opportunity for a person to be able to think about, well, if something happened to me accidentally, if I accidentally caused the demise of somebody else, the difficulty for somebody else, if I accidentally did some damage, there is actually in God's world no accident at all. I need to question why this came into my hand, why this was something that fell upon me and what needs to be brushed up on, what needs to be fixed in my own soul. And so the cities of refuge had people who were there to counsel, to help, to guide, to fix kohanim, people who were able to provide a spiritual environment for people who went there so that they could be protected and that they could be rehabilitated. They could get back to where their souls needed to be and their souls needed to go. Ina leyado v'samtilacha. God says, Ina leyado. If the accident came into your hand, it happened to you. It was happen chance. It was something that you did unintentionally. V'samtilacha, God says, and I have placed for you, I've placed you for you these cities of refuge, these places that you can go. Well, that also stands for Elul. Ina leyado v'samti lecha spells out Elul. And this verse, our sages tell us, of course, means that the month of Elul is a city of refuge in and of itself. It's an opportunity for us to take a long, hard look at ourselves, to think about what we need to fix and what we need to do and come into the space. It's kind of a place of amnesty. It's a place where nothing is going to be held against us, where we have the opportunity to come clean. We have the opportunity to rectify, to fix, and to make sure that we are well and truly shining, polished, and able to stand before God with open hearts and open hands and open uh, souls come Rosh Hashanah in just a month from now. It spells Elul, and it's all about tshuva. It's about return, repentance, getting back to where we should be, fixing what needs to be fixed, even the things that happened inadvertently. I'll be back with you right after this. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. And we're talking about the month of Elul that is just about upon us. We're about to enter this month of Elul, the last of the months of the year before Rosh Hashanah. It is a time for an accounting. It is a time for us to take an account of the good and the bad, the things that we have done, the things that we have not done, the things that we could have done, and the things that we did wrong, and to... Think about them and to contemplate them and to apologize for those that need apology and to fix those things that need fixing and to replace uh, the negativity with the 
with a positive to, to replace the things that we didn't do with something that we did of something that we are going to resolve to do and in this way to change this month and make this month into something that is a fitting not only an end to the year but a fitting precursor to the brand new year that is going to come upon us in just one month from now with Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur and the month of Tishrei which follows this month of Elul that we're about to enter. We were speaking about the various things that Elul stands, stands for. We spoke about Anila Dodi Vedodili. I'm to my beloved and my beloved is to me about our relationship with God Almighty. We spoke about Ina Leyadov Samtilacha. Something about ourselves, about our opportunities for tshuva, for return, for repentance, for getting back to where we should be. And then our sages tell us that Elul also stands for something that is taken from the Megillah, in the Megillah of Purim. Yeah, it's a strange place, I guess, to um, actually be thinking about Elul. But if you think about it, at the time of Purim, when uh, the lives of all Jews were actually under review and threatened by Haman and Achashverosh and so on, and there was an opportunity to, God forbid, obliterate um, every Jew wherever they were in all 127 states of the then Persian Empire, um, it is um, quite amazing that uh, the way that the whole um, overthrow of Haman and Achashverosh and the whole um, beautiful Chag, the beautiful festival of Purim, was uh, told to be celebrated was, yes, there was feasting, and yes, there was um, celebratory parties and so on, and all sorts of other wonderful things. But then it says, Ish l're'ehu umatanot levionim. We had to give food gifts. Ish l're'ehu, each person to his friend. Umatanot, umatanot levionim, matanot levionim. We had to give gifts to the poor. Ish l're'ehu. Umatanot laevionim. You can hear it there. Elo. Ish lereyo matanot laevionim. Each person caring about their friends and caring about those less fortunate than themselves. This, of course, is the major stance of Jews always, but particularly in this month of Elul, where we've got to not only focus on our relationship with God and not only focus on our relationship, let's say, with ourselves and where we are up to and where we need to be, but to turn that outward as well, to look at others, to look at those who are our friends, our community, our neighbors, our loved ones, our family, etc., and think about what more can I do and what do I need to do in order to work on those relationships and to make sure that the people around us are not needy, that they are cared for, that they are taken, or not in need rather, that they're cared for, that they're taken care of, that we're looking after them properly and correctly. And of course, if your name, people who are poor, people who have less than us, whether they have less than us in a physical sense, whether they have less than us in a a material or an emotional sense, whether they have less than us in uh, any sense whatsoever, to think about Evionim, to think about those who are less fortunate and to make sure that they are looked after, that they're taken care of. So we're talking about here Tzedakah. So when we come to Rosh Hashanah, we're going to say that there are three things. There is Tshuva, Tfilah, and Tzedakah. There is uh, repentance, return, and that may be the second um, a point on the agenda that we spoke about today And there is tefillah, which is prayer Our connection with God Almighty And there is tzedakah There is the attitude of kindness Of showing goodness and kindness to all To everybody, to our fellow men These are actually the three 
mainstays of this month. And it's all combined and it's all taken from the actual name of the month. Amazingly, where we think about Anila Dodi Vododili, or we think about Ina Layado Vasanti Lacha, or we think about Ish Lareyu, Umatonas Levyonim, Matanot Levyonim, these are the very the tripod of uh, essential legs upon which this month of Elul needs to stand. Let's try and make sure that we work on all three, and then we will have got this month absolutely perfectly right. Get back to basics with Judaism 101 with Rabbi Michael Katz. The powerful month of Elul. It is about to begin. We are about to get into this month it's a huge moment in time. It is something bigger than you can imagine. We're moving out of the month of Av, out of this month that was dominated by Tisha B'Av earlier on in the month, by the beginning of, or at the beginning of the month being caught up in those nine days, uh, part of the three weeks, Bainam difficulties, trouble, problems, and then kind of, uh, the fold over and, uh, the, Sun rose again and we uh, became much more involved in the latter part of the month in a thinking of kind of the liberation, the freedom um, from those terrible curses of the earlier part of the month. But now we go into a completely new phase. It is the month of Elul, a time of introspection, a time, as we said before, of, if there is such a word, extrospection, thinking about others. It's a time to think about our relationship with God Almighty. And as we go into this month, let's think about it in terms of what we're told there, that it is an irha miklat. It is a place of absolute protection. There is an iron dome around us that is protecting us at the time that we come forward and we say, look, God, I know that I have made this mistake. We're not going to be held responsible for it. We're not going to be taxed for it. We're not going to be beaten up about it. We're not going to uh, be admonished for it, but rather we can come clean. We can come into this month and with the freedom of being able to say what we need to do and do what we need to say and get involved in um, the attitudes of fixing ourselves and fixing the world and fixing each other and making sure that we're rectifying our relationship with God Almighty, we are placing ourselves then squarely and fairly and sincerely in a place and a space that is preparing ourselves best for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, getting ourselves ready to fight the court battle of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. But if everything is done correctly during the month of Elul, comes Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, we can rest a lot easier. We can know that um, our prayers have been heard, that our tshuva, our repentance, has been accepted, and that our tzedakah, our charity, has done so much to make it that everything and every dimension of this month is well taken care of, properly looked after, and we are now truly and properly prepared and ready for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. So let's not be caught, caught wanting on the contrary. Let's be really, really match fit and ready for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur in a month from now. Let's use this month of Elul well, and let's make sure we take care of every dimension as we have mentioned in this segment. Looking forward to being back with you same time, same place next week on another exciting episode of Judaism 101.9.